Welcome to the Beyond the Bucket Show, a podcast centered around optimizing all lives' buckets. We all have buckets we are balancing, coaching, entrepreneurial ventures, family, passion projects, and health. Let's all take this journey together and become bucket fillers. And here's your host, Chris McSwain. Welcome back to another great episode live in studio with my man, Patrick Judge. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. It's good to be back. It's been a long time. It has. You were were episode number two. Number two. I mean, I'm still a little upset that I was number one. You know, because you're you're a busy guy. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, for those that don't know, Pat Judge is the head boys varsity coach at Santa Teresa High School. Took a small break. He's been coaching basketball for a long time. And Nate Anderson, who we both know, came up with fun facts. And the fun fact about Coach PJ is he used to coach me when I was in high school. Yep. I was 16 years old yep. at the time. I believe you were 24. Yep. And uh, yeah, so 20 plus years later, Coach Judge is still here coaching basketball. So, still doing it. Still uh, doing it. Still loving it. How have you yeah. been able to manage all of that? You've taken a couple of breaks here and there, but um, yeah. Yeah. You know, this this last year was uh, was was refreshing. To be quite honest, I mean, I, I'd been coaching, I didn't even realize, but for 17 years in a row. Yeah. And uh, and so um, stepped down from Saratoga High School uh, back in August of last year, uh, and it was the perfect time to do so. Um, kids were in good hands, um, and uh, uh, and and I needed a break. And uh, and unbeknownst to me at that time, we were actually embarking on a huge project uh, at my real job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I, I run two of the largest Intero offices, um, in the Bay area and we were combining the two. And so, um, it, it just got us a funny way of creating timing for you, even though you don't know you need it. Um, and I needed it and, uh, I missed it. Um, but it was nice to take a break. Uh, I uh, really, I don't think I could have done everything that I did in this last year. Um, you know, and, and been able to survive and, and be all in at everything I was doing. So uh, the timing of it too just was amazing because we finished this project at my work. Um, I woke up on a Monday morning right after that project was done, and I said, "You know what? I'm ready to go again. Yeah, I'm ready to coach." <laughs> and you know, but it was August. It was mid-August, and most high schools aren't hiring basketball coaches in mid-August. Sure. And so um, that Thursday. So three days after I wake up with this, this desire to, to get back into coaching, uh, Lee Santos, um, who's a longtime coach at Santa Teresa High School, calls me and says, Pat, I've got a great group of guys. And, uh, and he goes, I, I just got let go um, for, you know, for some, some circumstances. And, uh, and, and he said, you know what? He said, I think you'd be a great fit for, for my guys. And I respect Lee a lot for, for making that phone call, number sure. one. He's been a friend a lot of respect for, uh, you know, for each other. And, um, I said, Lee, I said, I, I literally like started, you know, tearing up because it's like, you know, again, God has a funny way of, of, of opening and closing doors in his timing, not yours. And this was just one of those ones where my timing, God's timing, uh, and the timing of this opportunity opened up. And, uh, and I absolutely love it at ST. Uh, I've got a great group of kids. I think I've say that every year. I've been saying that for 24 years. I've got a great group. Um, smart kids, uh, highly successful in the classroom, yep. uh, great attitudes. 
and, and a talented group as well, which makes it fun as well. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, you're, uh, you've, you've traveled uh, to many different schools and, um, you know, I was with you at Lee yep. when, before I got my first varsity job. Yep. And like you said, God works in mysterious ways. And I didn't really want to coach girls basketball at the time. <laughs> right. I and remember. Like, well, you should go interview for it. You know, I think you'd do great at it. Um, and, you know, when they offered me the job, you were the first one to tell me, take it. Uh, and I didn't know that I wanted it or needed it at that point. But, um, you know, 11 years later, I look back on that and be like, man, it was it was really God's will for me at that time. And uh, I couldn't be happier. And uh, in year 11, I feel so much uh, revitalization in, in just my energy and, and uh, seeing, you know, new groups come in. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. But why don't you give everybody like a rundown of your, uh, of your coaching tenure? Um, I met you when I was in high school, when I yep. think our team beat your team, your JV team at, <laughs> at Valley Christian. I don't uh, remember that for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you started your coaching career at Valley Christian where I'm at now. Yep. Uh, but why don't you give a lay of the land of kind of where you were at. And uh, you were at Santa Teresa before too on the JV. I level, was. And people yeah. don't really know that their best team ever with some really high level players, Denzel Copeland, as, as yep. well as Trevor, um, Trevor Priest were on your JV team that I, I think not went undefeated, but very, very nearly close to that yeah. um, when they were freshmen and sophomores. So just give a, a, a quick rundown of your coaching yeah. career. Yeah. Okay. So uh started at Valley Christian coaching the sixth grade boys team. Yes. Um, I was 19 years old at that point. Um, and uh, we went 12 and 0 that season. There you go. My first season. Um, one, three, one trap kids couldn't, you know, you couldn't press. So, we trap them at half court and uh, it's just like, I caught the bug. Yeah. And, uh, and so Valley Christian junior high, Valley Christian high school um, took five years off to start a highly successful sales business in Northern California. Uh, my mom kind of suckered me back into coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, she took me to a Branham Lee game. Uh, my mom's a teacher. And so she had a lot of kids that were on the, the Branham or Lee team that were playing. And she says, can you come with me to go watch a game? And, and, and I sat there in the stands like, well, I've got to get back. Yep. And so uh, um, reached out. Uh, San Teresa actually had an opening for a JV coach. Uh, worked under Mitch Priest, who was a longtime, highly successful coach. And, um, yeah, I, I coached. It's, a, it's, it's, it's fun being back because we have the CCS championship banner, uh, 2011, mm -hmm. and I, I coached all those kids. Yep. We actually beat that, that Santa Teresa team three times that year. Mm -hmm. We won league at Lee. Uh, but we were division two and uh, we went to the semifinals that year. So, you know, uh, it, it's so fun to look back and say, those were my guys. We had great guys at Lee. And, and so at, at San Teresa, I was there for three. Um, the Lee job opened up the varsity job and uh, God blessed me with that opportunity. It was a phenomenal run. Um, you know, one of the most successful uh, boys programs in the Bay Area you were there for seven years. I was there for seven. seven. Yeah. So I got a great memory coach. <laughs> yeah, oh, you do. You really do. Um, so it was a it was a highly successful run. It was a lot of fun. Um, great groups of kids uh, that came through there. And then uh, uh, that that run ended uh, after seven. Um, and, and again, I was thinking, you know what, maybe it's time for me to take a little refresh break. And Tim Lugo, um, who's a good friend, uh, football coach, now at Mountain View High School, and they almost won uh, won CCS this year. So shout out to Tim and his crew. But yep. um, and Coach Kevin Mack, he helps out on their team. 
He does. Yeah, he's, he does. he's one of their Oh, yeah, coaches. he was just yeah. on. He was so, just on. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't know that about him either. I didn't yeah. know he coached football too. Yeah. So um, so he uh, he reached out to me right after Memorial Day. Um, that was, shoot, that was seven years ago and or eight years ago now. And he said, Pat, are you still interested in coaching? And, and he goes, do you have a passion for it still? I said, you know, absolutely. It's got to be the right fit and the right spot. And um, had a great, great run at Saratoga. Yep. Um, you know, Saratoga – you know, not a lot of people think Saratoga is a basketball school. It's more of a. You were there for five? Of six. Six? Yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, you know, I mean, we, you know, we kind of looked at Saratoga as a, as a place like, like a Stanford, right? Where we could have high academics. Um, we could be successful on and off the court. And, sure. uh, you know, I, I think we, we did a great job there and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, we went through COVID and all the, the, the craziness of that. And yep. then, uh, um, and then, yeah, you're, you're off. And then, here we go again. And, you know, really my hope is that, uh, you know, I'm at Santa Teresa for the, you know, for the rest of my career. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger and, uh, you know, I want to, I want to continue to be all in for my kids. And, you know, when that day comes and goes, you know, I'm going to have great fond memories of every single group that I coached. What, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're 41 now, 41, yeah. 41. I mean, to think back and, I mean, everybody knows Chris McSwain, nah, right? And I'll say, you know, and, uh, you know, oh, coach, I, you know, I, I played top flight or, yeah. you know, oh, you know, I, I had coach Chris or I have coach Denzel or coach Giles. I mean, all of these, you know, to me, young guys, you know, that are now, you know, doing something that hopefully I was able to be a part of instilling that passion to give back and, uh, and work with young men and, and women um, you know, in this community. So, well, that's the, that's the one thing that I, I truly respect about you is you never, you never held us back. You have, a, you've had a lot of great young coaches on your staff and your coaching tree is, is significant because if you wanted to go and coach at the next level, you prepared us for that. You would allow me to, to call plays or draw plays, or you yeah. would give defenses to Drew, or you would give offense to me and you would have the, the final say of whatever, but you had full trust in us. And whether we made mistakes or not, you just allowed those things to, to take place. And, you know, um, I just really appreciate that. And I think I've, done that for other people too because yep. i think that's what we should be doing absolutely we should, we should be growing the game and how can you grow the game if you just want to take everything and and keep you got to get younger and if um and you've always kind of been one of those young coaches even though you're, you're older now but you still <laughs> you still have that young energy right. i think of pete carroll all the time he's one of the longest tenured coaches yep. and yeah he had his mess up in the super bowl but He's still there, and yep. every other one of those guys is gone. Yep. And it's because the energy, the vibrant, that um, that passion that he brings every single day. I see that you bring that same passion, and you've brought that out of me too. Because you know, you've you showed me it doesn't have to be always so serious. Yeah, there's a time and a place to be locked in and dialed in, but you got to have fun with it. Yeah. And if you're not having fun with it, what are we really doing? And um, that's one of the things I really appreciate about you is one, having fun. And then two, just understanding the dynamics of if you see talent, you want to cultivate that talent. And if they're with you for 15 years, great. Or if they're with you for one year, it doesn't matter because you actually, you know, valued that relationship most important. So what are your thoughts on when you, when you think about that and you've cultivated a lot of these young people yeah. into coaching and they're still coaching now. Um, and that is, you know, attributed to the person that you are. Well, thank you. First of all, you know, I, I think that a lot of it starts with that energy, right? That positive energy that I try to bring day in and day out. Um, 
this job isn't easy, as you well know, right? And any coaches out there, you know, it's it's a grind, yeah. you know. Um, you know, but but to be able to, you know, instill that 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 passion um in uh in in your assistant coaching staff to be able to give them that freedom. It's the same way that you know I've always respected people managing me, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, Tim, Tim Lugo said it when he hired me and my, you know, other, other leaders that I've worked for, have always said is like, we're going to hire the right people and we're going to trust those people to, to put, um, you know, us in a situation where we're all going to succeed. Right. And, and so I've always taken that to heart because again, I, I was like, am I truly leading? You know, I'm not telling my assistant coaches what to do. I'm giving them a framework, right? And allowing them to create how they want to coach and how they want to lead. And then I'm advising them as to how to, for us to get better. Right. Right. So I think, and it's the way I, um, I think I also coach the kids, right. Is, you know, I'm not going to put you in a little box, right. right. If, if you think you can shoot, go out. And if you can show us that you can shoot, you have a green light, you know? Um, so I, I just, I've always liked to be managed that way. And I, I, I want to pass that same passion on of, right. uh, I, I call that more leadership than management. For sure. Right. And so, um, and again, coaching basketball has opened up a lot of opportunities for, you know, for me to share that passion and that energy um, and that positivity, right. In this day and age with everything else that we have going on in the world, yep. you know, to, to, to shine some light and to walk into that gym every day, whether you've won, whether you've lost, whether you've played a great game or a terrible game, to be able to walk in that gym next day and do something that we love around other people that we love, there's nothing better than that. Right. And I remind myself of that. And I also remind my kids of that all the time. For right. Sure. So, because basketball is, is, is a conduit for so many other things in life, relationships, mm -hmm. work, right. Um, how you respond to things, um, you know, that, that I think that builds young men and young women, um, you know, and, and again, yes, do we want to win? We're competitive guys, yep. right? And no one's ever going to take that away from us. But looking at it from a different perspective, my mission statement is I want those young men who, who come through my program to be better men as they leave than when, when they started. 100%. Right? Yep. So, and uh, you and know, that includes coaches too. Definitely. Right? So, yeah. And just to touch on the leadership piece, um, I think that, you know, people want to be led first and foremost. But yep. then when you have other leaders amongst you, you have to let them lead yep. and fall back. You know, I know, you know, Ron Felice, who I used to work for right out of yep. college Yeah, and he, he built a very successful insurance firm and ended up selling it. And, um, it does really well for himself or did well for not just himself or all of us. Right. And he gave so much to us, but he was, and we were in sales. The only time we had to be there was eight twenty nine on a Monday morning for our Monday morning meeting. Other than that, we never had a specific time that we actually had to be there. Right. All you, all he wanted to know is if you got an A or an F. It means win or you lost, and that means we were in sales, and yep. so were we. You know, making sales. Were we doing what we had to do on a day to day basis? And and those same concepts that you use in your program are the same concepts that made him successful. And yep. then he saw young dogs like myself and a couple of my other buddies. So he wanted ex athletes and yep. he, and he wanted mothers, because <laughs> ex athletes have a 
work ethic. Yep. Because if you can go to college and play something or even high school too, but sure. specifically college and you can play something as well as graduate and get a degree, like that means something. That Absolutely. means you're, you're process oriented. You can get through the process. And then he wanted mothers because they cared and they cared for the clients and they yeah. wanted the best for those clients. And so he would have mothers that were, may have been stay at home mothers and he would give them opportunities and they would be phenomenal because they can link up with the other HR personnel. He was basically putting in people in positions. You're not a shooter. Okay. You're not going to shoot, but you're going to, you're going to distribute. Yep. And he used to love, he used to love sports terms. And I see a lot of similarities with the way he lead and the way he led us. Um, where did you kind of get that concept from? Was it just natural or did you see that from other people that kind of brought you up in the game? Well, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think, um, again, I think my energy has just been cultivated because of the fact that I've been blessed, you know, in my life. Right. Um, I've got a great, great parental support, you know, great friends. Um, you know, everybody's always supported this passion of mine. Um, so, but I look at it and I say, well, in high school, I actually didn't have the greatest coaches. Um, and so when I got into coaching, one of my mindsets was, I want to do it differently than what they did. Sure. You know, um, I, I think you can combine having fun and being a highly successful basketball coach or anything, right? So I think it's it's just, you know, as you go through life, you take pieces, whether they're positive pieces that I want to do that or I want to be that way, yep. or there's, there's, there's also the ones that say, you know what, I don't want to be that guy, right. you know, and I can be better than that. Um, and I've got to go out and I've got to do it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to kind of look back on, on the journey of life and say, there's so many positive influences in my life and I'll go watch basketball games or watch practices. And I'll say, you know what? I love that. And a lot of the times it's not the play, it's not the defense. It's the, the way that the coach spoke to the, to the, to the athlete. And so right? what are some examples that you would, that you could give the coaches that yeah. are listening out there now, what would those examples look like in a practice for you, you know, cultivating those relationships and those leadership styles and empowering the players to have that confidence in their own ability? You know, I, I think, I think every single practice needs to start out high energy, right? So, you know, we're a believer. There's a lot of high fives. There's a lot of let's goes, um, you know, and so, um, I, I think that uh, just and and even if uh, especially in this day and age, it seems like kids they they tend to get down on themselves so quickly, right. right? They miss a shot and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, their their dog died, right? And and so we're we're constantly make the next one, win the next, right? And so in everything that we do, again, we're all going to make mistakes. And I think one of the things about being a leader is understanding that you know it starts with you, right? You're going to make mistakes. Your coaches are going to make mistakes. Your athletes are going to make mistakes. But how do you respond when a mistake? And to a kid these days, missing a shot is a mistake. Right. It's not a mistake. Yep. It's just an opportunity for you to, to make the next one, for you to win the next, whether it's the possession, whether it's the shot, the, the rebound, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I, I think, that again, uh, there's not a – it's so hard to say it because I, I you know, I, I don't I, – I couldn't write it down yeah. and give it. But it's more along the lines of, you know, um, just the, the positivity, the encouragement, the enthusiasm. Um, and, and it comes from everybody, 
right? It's not just coming from me. It's coming from my staff as well. Right. right? Um, and, and again, that way too, I think when you, when you do that and when you do have to get on a kid, there's a, there's a trust there. There's a rapport. There's an understanding that you love them and, but you also expect a high standard from them and right. they should, they want that back. Sure. Right. I mean, we talk a lot about it. It's like, if, if we're not saying anything to you, you come up to us after practice and coach, are we good? Because, you know, you want us to be constantly communicating with you and, and we're big on that too. Communication, sure. you know, solves everything. Sure. Does. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of different things, but one of the things that I want to talk about is like communication. So I can communicate with a door, but it right. doesn't mean that I actually comprehend or the door can't comprehend right. what's going on. So it's, it's twofold. As far as the communication, it's got to be communication with comprehension. Do they yep. understand what you're saying or, and, and I think that really helps, but then also, um, you know, I got asked to speak in front of the school uh, at chapel. And so they, you know, what is, what is your, pro what is your program all about basically? Right. And, um, my assistant, who's the assistant principal, he's, he said, you know, Chris is good at process. And then I started to think about that. What does that actually mean? And so we started developing what we call process over outcomes. Okay. And if our process was good, and if we believe that our process was sufficient, then we can't worry about the outcome. Um, just last night we had a game and we had a kid, uh, shot fake, kid runs past on the three-point line, she dribbles twice, jump stops, looks for a shot. There's another player there. She kicks it out for a wide open three. And we did all the fundamentals that we wanted. Shot yep. fake, get to the basket, jump stop, kick it out. We missed three. Well, that was the best play we had all game. Yep. The ball just did not go in. Right. And that's okay because the process was good. The outcome, we can't always control. It goes in and out or it's just one inch to the right and you lose. And it's one inch to the right and you win. And so that is uh, that is something that we've, we've really tried to define in our program. And I think that's similar to what you're talking about is you're not going to be able to control all those things, but you can control your process. We can't control the score of the game. Huh. But if our process is right, if we take every single one of those possessions, you know, and they mean something to us, then at the end of the game, our score is going to be more than the other team. And that's, that's really it. it. Yeah. And, even, and even if the other scores, other team's score is better than ours, they were just better on that day. Right. Or they might just be better than us. Right. And that's okay too. That, yeah. But you gotta you have to be honest with yourself when you're when you're when you're um, you know discussing that. Look, there is better. And there's nothing that you can do right if you're going against somebody better. Like if if we played LeBron and Curry right now, there's nothing we could do. Right. We could try our hardest. Yep. We could work out for the next straight year. <laughs> and we're just not going to be there. Not going to happen. It's just not yeah. going to happen. But Who's guarding who, by the way? You got Bron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it was, Curry. Good, it was good knowing you, Chris. I got Curry. Yeah. I got Curry, but you I got can't. a better chance. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, process over outcomes is something yeah. that we've kind of been um, really diving into. I love in that program. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because you know my kids at Santa Teresa. Obviously, we started at ST in September, right? So I mean, we're 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 learning on the fly, right? We're building culture on the fly. We didn't have a spring. We didn't have a summer. And so it's funny because in practice, we'll, we'll do everything right. And to your point, right. And we'll kick it out. We'll get a wide open three. We'll miss it. And I, 
I'll be fired up. That was a phenomenal possession. The kids are all looking at me like, coach, but we missed. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It doesn't matter about the miss. It matters about how we got there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, and that's, and that's part of like, like, I hate to sound like a life coach, but it's like, but that's, that's what life is. Right. Yeah. It's about the journey on how you got there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, well, like an old man. It brings up yeah. a moment. <laughs> You're really going to feel like an old man now. So, back in the day, uh, we went to, we went to a tournament in San Diego at Allegiant uh college or whatever yeah down there at the big uh it's got the it's like the six court facility yep. down there yep. and um, is that still around it is okay yeah. alliant alliant university i believe um i think they have the phenom camps there or they do for sure uh and you brought us to well we went to hooters <laughs> yep by your guys choice we did it was, yep, our, yep. It was all of our choice <laughs> and then we also uh we you took it when we went to sacramento i think you took us to like a 18 and under club and uh it was in san diego was it in san diego it was in san yeah. diego Do you yeah. have any memories of that back in the day that was that was such a funny <laughs> you know it's so funny because you you guys were all just such great kids i wasn't worried about you guys you know i knew that with me being there there was nothing that was going to you know happen yeah um but it was just uh you know being a young coach it was like i've got these group of young guys they're fun you know they're gonna behave themselves it's a good way for me to keep them all in one place. Sure. Um, you know, and uh, we had a blast. No, we had a yeah, blast. I mean, a I was talking to Ryan Lagarde because we have pictures of that. And um, like we were, uh, we, we used to wear these cutoff shirts. We used to think we had muscles back oh, yeah. in the day. Oh, I remember. And we were like flexing yes. our triceps <laughs> in, the, uh, in, the, in those pictures. So we, we had a lot of fond memories about that. Um, so you do something with your teams every single year, whether it be yeah. – uh, in the summer or during the, during the season, um, where did that start? And because I, you know, those are the, we're getting ready to go on a travel tournament tomorrow, yep. um, and those are some of the funnest times. A yeah. lot of the times, when you look back at the end of the season, they don't think about all the games. They think no. about those times. I remember the time we went to USC team camp, and yep. it was kind of a rough go for us. And, and we wanted we wanted to opt to play for. I think we lost the first three games, but then we won the last three games, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And we got to play on the um, Galen Center main yep. floor. Yep. So that was pretty cool. But I just remember on the way home, right before we went back to the hotel and I saw this picture, all the kids jumped in the hot tub because they were stinky and sweaty. Yep. And everybody, there's like literally 15 of them in yep. the hot tub, yep. like Jared Williams and yep. all those guys. And th those are the moments that I think of all the time. Um, but tell me about, what what makes those trips so special and and why do you put so much effort when yeah. you uh in those experiences those are those are incredible times um you know to your point those are the things that kids remember year in and year out we'll ask the seniors what their most memorable experiences are and every single time it won't be you know oh well we beat lost gaddis in a you know in a buzzer beater i mean it's it's always santa barbara you know, going down to their team camp. It's, it's our, uh, we've been doing now outside of obviously taking a break, but we've been going to cheesecake factory for holiday dinner for, uh, 17 years in a row, you know, so those are the things that the kids remember. And, um, and I, I think again, I mean, most of our kids that we coach, if we're keeping it totally real are probably not going to go on and play college level athletics. Right. Right. But, they're all going to take the memories and the brotherhood that hopefully we've created in the family 
And those are the, those are the times when you come together most as a family. Sure. You know, I know sitting at the dinner table with my family are some of the most special moments, whether it's at, you know, mom cooked or whether we went out to dinner, those are the most special moments as a family and to be able to do those types of things. So yeah, I put a lot of effort into making sure, I mean, you know, one of our kids, we went to Denny's, um, you know, after an open gym in the, in the fall, you know, at Santa Teresa and it's like, coach, man, this is like, we just don't do this type of thing. And it's like, well, we do now because this is how we grow as a team, Sure. right? On the court. Yeah. We're going to grow, you know, but off the court and those times, that's really where you develop those relationships that are going to take you long past, you know, your senior season. I mean, you're friends with the majority of guys yep. that you played with when you were 15, 16, 17 years old. I mean, think about how special that is, know, right? Man. And the memories, right? So I feel like it's our responsibility as coaches to create those memories, um, you know, because they're special for us yep. and they're special for the kids. I mean, I love going. No, for I sure. mean, I feel like a kid, like when we go to Santa Barbara <laughs> team camp every year, it's like, oh, I can't wait to get up at 7 a.m. and go get some bad eggs and bacon and, you know, read my book and, you know, and, and just be around basketball and having fun. It so, is tiring yeah. though when you return. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh, you're some done. Of, some yeah. of those, um, I think I maybe one on two or three of the summer trips. Was that at least two years or three years? Three. Okay. Yeah. Um, so three summers, which was which was great. But the the drives home, some of those drives home because we're in peak hours of traffic. Yep. You get yep. done with the team camp. Maybe <laughs> maybe we just stay one more more night moving forward. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Those those are always you know it's funny because you know you go you drive down yeah and the kids are fired up. We're doing our all time NBA draft. If you remember one. that, I, yeah. I have the best team ever. No, you did. I did. I still, you still will never. No, I had Shaq, Kevin Garnett. I, I had, can't believe you remember this. I had Scottie Pippen. Okay. I had uh, Derek Rose at the one at the time. He was one of the best. And Steve Nash coming off the bench. And then I had um, not Jordan, but I had Kobe or D Wade at the two. Solid. So, so solid. We I, still. What did you we, have? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> but I know I had Shaq and KG, which, and then Scottie Pippen. And. Then you've got D Wade, yep. the second best two. Who did I have? Time. I had some of we were, and I would take Nash over Derrick Rose at that point. I mean, I can't remember. We had a we had a heated our, debate. So <laughs> just for everybody out there, basically what the all time NBA draft is is we do a snake draft, yep. right? For everybody in the car, you can actually do it for the whole team. Yep. Um, there's a commissioner. It can't be a coach, yep. right? And so the kids get to you know leadership and ownership of it. Um, and you can pick anybody. Uh, you have to pick a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Yep. A six man and a yep. coach. Yep. And uh, uh, it's it's an incredibly fun time. Yep, it is. Um, good, and then you time. and then you vote. So the whole car, no matter if you have the worst team or the best team, everybody gets to vote. And and then if there's a tie, then you go head to head. Yep. Right. And so uh, yeah, those are, those are just again. So it's fun going down. Right. And everybody's fired up and you go to in and out and you stop yeah. on the way and then you're coming home and everybody it's a snooze fest. Yeah. Right. For sure. So yeah. got to love those trips. Those are fun. Um, so now that you're getting back, what was what was one thing that you could reflect on after taking a year off? Yeah. What was one thing that you said, I'm going to do different? Because a lot of times, like if you take some time off um, working out or just anything, really, 
and you get back into it, you're like, oh, I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. And then, then you get into it. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can't do all those. But what was the one thing that you really wanted to do? And then what was one thing that was like that was a little bit lofty, but I can see it our myself and our team doing it later on? Yeah, I think, you know, selfishly, the one thing and, and I'm, I've been so blessed, I've accomplished a tremendous amount, you know, in my coaching career. You know, I mean, you know, to be named CCS Coach of the Year by the Mercury News, you know, multi-time, you know, uh, coach of the year in, in the leagues that I've coached in, you know, Cal High. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've won a lot of accolades based on the teams that I've had. I haven't gone out and made a shot in 24 sure. years. But um, I think for me, selfishly, the one thing that I'm missing is, is a CCS championship. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to experience that. Uh, I've played in one or coached in one CCS championship game. Um, so, you know, and that's one of our lofty goals for this year, you know, um, and obviously there's coaches out there, Kevin Mack included that, you know, that, uh, we're the division one's tough, yeah. um, you know, but, uh, uh, but that's a, but that's a lofty goal. I think the other one for me too, is, um, you know, the seasons becomes so long and, um, and, and, and I think that that final season at Saratoga for me, we, at one point were, we were 14 and three. Um, and we, in fact, uh, we were in, in the Mercury news and it said Saratoga might be the first team ever to be an open consideration in a B league, you know, a, a B league division. Right. And then we, and then we went on and, and lost five of our next seven. And, you know, and obviously I, I always internalize that and I say, what changed? And so I think coming back, I think one of the things is, is the, the energy, the positivity of, of the summer, of the fall, of the start of the season, I think over time it, it, it can wear on you if, if things aren't going exactly your way, right? We're all going to take a loss here or there, right. right? But how do you stay positive and encouraging when you're going through a two or three game you know, skid. And, and I think that's one of the things for me that as I look back, it's like on the years where we've been really good and finished really strong, it's because I've stayed, you know, that same coach, right. On the years where we've struggled, maybe right at the end, or maybe not finished exactly how we wanted. It's because, you know, I almost set my expectations too high and and started coaching towards that instead of just coaching in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so for me, that was a lot of self-reflect because you know, you go from 14 and three, you know, ranked in the top 20 in CCS to you know finishing out the season, you know, like it's just like flat. Yeah. And um, and and they and the kids weren't, you know, as enthusiastic. It it felt more like everybody was showing up to a job, you know, and and again, I, 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 hold, I put a lot of that on my shoulders, not because I did anything specifically, but I started reading into and believing, you know, that people thought we were, you know, at that level. And I set that expectation instead of, again, just staying in the moment and, you know, um, and, and just getting up every day. You know, I, I call it this. I, I've, I've taught this at, at, at my real estate office, Saturday morning mindset, right? we lost a really tough game, you know, a year and a half ago in February on a, on a Friday night. It was a tough game. We didn't play well. The other team played really well, but it was a game we should have won. 
And everybody I know walking in on Saturday morning was down. Just this deep down. Sure. And you know how some losses, they just, they hit you different. Yeah. Right. And, and for me, you know, it was the first time that I didn't walk in fired up, enthusiastic, positive. And I felt like because of that, it, it compounded it. Right. Versus the normal Saturday morning mindset where your kids are down, you're down, but you sit in that car when you're taking the shower in the morning and you say, I've got to bring it today. Yep. And, and I've got to be extra, you know, if you will. So, so those are little things that I would change if I could go back, but moving forward, I even caught myself Saturday, you know, again, I've had my kids for, you know, two and a half months. Right. And, and I can't, I can't, we have high expectations this year, but, but again, we've got to get there. Yeah. Right. And, and we've got to coach every moment and teach every moment. And I think that that's the most important takeaway for me is even Saturday, we were coaching in the moment, but we weren't teaching in the moment. And I think there's a big difference, you know, so I'm excited about that. It, it just, I mean, even, even Saturday night, I went home and I was like, boy, I, I've got to be, I've got to be better, you know, and, and we've got to be better as coaches and leaders in, in teaching, um, you know, every single moment and leading them with a, with a positivity and energy that, that again, that really is the thing that sets us apart over everything else. Right. So, yeah. Um, I hope that makes sense. But, no, it does for yeah. sure. Cause a lot of the stuff really doesn't even matter when you look, when you look at it and um, you know, just with the year that I've had individually and as a family, you start to look at what are the important things. Right. And uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if you lose one of those games in the grand scheme of life, right. It's a learning lesson and an experience and we got to move on. And I think yeah. that's one thing that I've learned. I've, I've held on to losses. I mean, there's times even when I was, even when I was, uh, you know, your JV coach at Lee, you know, we, we get hit in the buzzer beater or we tried, I remember when we tried to, uh, we tried to go like five and five out subs yeah. and it was working <laughs> the whole first half and we're up 20 on Oak Grove and they end up coming back and beating us like late. And I was just so devastated um, on what happened. But when you look back on it, like what's important now, when, right. and right. a lot of that stuff really doesn't matter. And you just, like you said, you just have to remain in the moment and like, just be, accepting of what has happened and right. it's it's going to be okay and and i think you know having my mom pass was one of those things that like i'm going to be okay regardless of whatever happens yeah. like the 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 biggest presence in my life of all time yep for 40 straight years was my mother yeah and she is no longer there i talk to her every single day she raised me like that was that was everything in my life absolutely um outside of my children and my wife but when you lose that, you get a lot of perspective on like, what's important? Like, is this really that important? Do I need to lay into this kid or do I need to teach this kid? Right. Do I need to, um, you know, show discipline with this, with this kid or do I need to show them grace? Yeah. And uh, those, are the, those are the things that I think of now. And so, like, if you watch me back when I was coaching for you and early on in my career, uh, you would notice. You would notice now because I'm much more calmer on the sidelines because it really doesn't matter, you know. Right. And so, but uh, what does matter is giving it your best effort and yep. showing up every single day, 
showing up with a positive attitude yep. when we come in those doors we're coming to serve those kids so anything that was self-serving for us prior to that and it, it really doesn't matter what do these kids need from me today That's and it. they need me to be at my absolute best and if yep. i'm not i am doing them a disservice yep. not myself Right. I'm doing them a disservice because they're kids and they don't really understand how to regulate their emotions just yet. We're, you know, we're, we're adults and we should be able to do it, but even us have a hard time. Just go. I think of this all the time. I tell, and we just had our parent meeting and uh, I say, go to a game that you don't know anybody and just observe, observe the parents, observe yeah. the fans, observe the coaches, observe the players. How many people are actually having fun right. at that contest? Right. How many people are actually having fun watching this basketball game? Because you can't tell from the parents' perspective because they're up and down. They're yelling, they're yelling at the refs. And um, I just had Mark Gray on. He'll come on a week before. Oh, good. Goes. But he, he said Nate Ramazzani did a, did a referee speech. And he said, and, and Nate said, you know what, parents? Um, this is He was talking to the Los Gatos parents. And I heard this from multiple other people, like the coaching. They said, Nate said, said something really good. And he said, when your par- players come home, none of them have said thank you for getting on the ref. None of them have. None of the kids say that right. to the parents. Right. And so when you look at that, sometimes even coaches, too, are we even having fun on the sidelines? If you just go to a random game and you watch a coach, it's just like it's just we put so much unneeded pressure on ourselves for this basketball. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just not necessary. But sometimes in competition, you just get to that level. You do. And, and I think, too, a lot of times it's 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 our ego. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to win this game. You know, I'm a better coach than the coach on the other sideline or, you know, we shouldn't, you know, this is, you know, this is Valley Christian or this is Santa Teresa. We shouldn't lose to team X. Right. We've all said it too. We've all said it. And, you know, um, and, 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 and again, I think that it's a constant reminder. Part of what has gotten us to a, a level of success is our drive is our confidence, mm-hmm. right? But ego and confidence are two very different things, yep. you know? And so um, I think it's just a constant reminder and, and always remembering too, like what got us to this level of success? Was it me screaming at my kids, right? No, it was the positivity. It was the energy. It was the high fives. It was all the fun things, you know, that we do to make this, you know, uh, uh, you know, a special part of a young man's world or a young woman's world. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So it's just that, you know, my mom is, you know, my mom is very close, you know, in my world too. And, you know, my mom will always encourage me with that and say, you know what, you got to get back to, you know, having fun. You know, um, when I start feeling like, you know, all my team sucks and, you know, they're not playing well and we're not hitting shots. And it's like, get back to having fun. Yeah. You know, and you could do both. You know, and in all areas of life, really, like, why, why would you not enjoy it? You know, so, so many times that, like, if you go to a restaurant, you look at just a restaurant, there's two people at a table and they're both on their phone. I just, it just baffles me um, that we are wasting those experiences. And now, since, like, if my family is home, I got my wife and my kids here, I just put my phone in the other room. Uh, Good. Because I don't, I don't need it. And the only only reason why I had it before was 
you know, if my mom were to call or something like that. But now it, it doesn't really, it doesn't, I don't need it. It's just not necessary. And so just to be in the present moment, it's so hard to always talk about that. And we all know that. We definitely know that we should remain present in everything that we're doing. But it's really hard when you get into those moments. What are, what are some things that we can do as coaches to reset ourselves and be like, you know, coach, you need to chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think again, having, having trusted friends or coaches, um, you know, that, that, that again, it's like, it's like in a zone, you know, we're a zone team. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay to tell your teammate to yell at him to bump. Yeah. It's okay. Right. They're not going to go home. They're not going to be upset with you. Right. Because you're doing the very best for you and for the team. And so are they. Right. And, and, and I look at that as the same kind of philosophy. It's like when you surround yourself with people who aren't afraid, who aren't just yes people, right. Hey coach, like let's, let's, we need to chill. Right. And, and I think that's, and that's also too empowering those next generation of assistant coaches that want to go on and be leaders, right. right? To be able to, to be able to, and, and again, have that rapport and that friendship. Right. Um, and then I think it's a lot of self-reflection too, whether you win, whether you lose, you go home at night and you say, or wake up in the morning and say, was I the very best version of myself? Yep. Um, would I be proud of that if I was sitting in the bleachers and watching? Yep. Right. I agree. You know, and so. You, and you got to always look at it, you know, being a parent now is, is how I'm treating this young person the way I would want my kids to be treated. Yep. And if the answer is no, then you definitely need to pivot and make a change in regards to how you're handling the situation. Do I want my kid to be coached hard? Absolutely. But I don't want my kid to be berated. I don't want right. my kid to feel like they're less than. I don't want my kid to feel like they're not good at basketball. And yep. those are those are key, key important ingredients that, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches, especially early on in their careers, may have made that mistake. I know I've I've made that mistake before, um, but I try not to make it again and and blame it on my mind, not my heart, because yeah. sometimes you just lose your mind when you're in yep. these games. Like, <laughs> I sure do. Sue yeah. Sue tells me this all the time. Sometimes like competition brings out the worst in us, and I, I really believe that. And she and like like. Um, she gets a bad rap in my opinion from people that don't really know her, but we've spent a lot of time together and because she has usually the best team in the area or, right. uh, or Northern California or the state, you know, it's such a high standard. So she's got to, she's got to live up to that. But yep. at the end of the day, she said, you know, we're just high school basketball coaches. Yeah. So, and that's really what we are in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, yeah, sometimes we lose track of that as coaches sure. and, and we're just human, just like just like everybody else. Like I don't have a great parenting day every day when right. they're whining and crying. And just like I don't have a great day on the deck coaching basketball either. Yep. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. I you know, and one of the things that I've even even this year, you know, we we didn't play well Friday. Mm -hmm. We lost to a better team. Um, and then we didn't we didn't play well on Saturday, you know, our last tournament and I, I feel like we lost to a better team, but you know, what I was catching myself is, you know, yelling at my guys, you know, on the court in the game, if they made a mistake. Right. And, you know, it's like, okay, I've been coaching a long time. Right. I always can get better. Yep. And, uh, and, and I just went home and I was like, you know what? And I walked into practice on Monday and I said, the next time that you hear my voice, when you're on the court, 
it will be for something phenomenal that you did, right? It will be positive, sure. right? Because if you, if you go back in time to when we were players, right? And every coach has probably played at some level somewhere, right? If you got yelled at in the middle of a game, and where I got this from is my nephew seven, and he plays soccer, okay? And, and our family's sitting over on the sidelines, and all the kids' families are sitting over on the sidelines, and every single parent and every coach is yelling at the kid on the field, right? And I was like, and, and I was just like, I was losing my mind. No. Yeah, you're and, right. and, and it's like, I told my family, I said, nothing that you yell during his game, during Alex's game, okay, will help him at no, all. It's not. Right? Run to the ball, you know, or go get it. You know, nothing. And, 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 I, and, I, and that hit me on Saturday night after we played that I don't want to be and I don't want my coaching staff to be the, the parents at a seven-year-old soccer game that are yelling at their kid in a, uh, I'm not even going to say negative, but just yelling. Yeah. Right. It's just <laughs> noise. And, and so I, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my career and again, if I'm going to yell at my kid, it's going to be, hey, Chris, great job, right. great rebound, great pass. We can do the teaching and the coaching when the boys come out of the game, but it's not going to help by yelling at them when they're playing in the game. Yeah. You I know, agree. so, and yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I had that same, same thing happen when I'm, I was helping coach CJ's little next level basketball yep. team. And so, they have this rule, and it was over at uh, Bellarmine. So, like, there, you couldn't go past the blue line. So okay. I'm like, all right, guys, here's your spots. Basically, a two-three zone. Yeah. So I had CJ uh, boy, and his playing buddy. zone. Yeah. I like it. Proud I had you. CJ okay. and his buddy right at the top, right at that blue line. I said, you guys get to your spots. And so in the first half, and then we had three in the back. And so in the first half, they were just throwing it right to us because we had them pressuring and they throw it, try to throw it over and our three players in the back would just get the ball. Then we switched sides and then they could not hear me. Yep. And I'm sitting there yelling. Now I, I'm a parent. I left, I let the coach coach is one of the, the, one of the players that coached the teams, but I was hoping out cause yeah. you know, he didn't know what to do. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump sure. in. So now I'm getting, I'm getting to the spot, get to the spot. And they, and the coach is yelling, and then it was like you said, every parent is yelling, and yeah. my wife is yelling, and then um, they end up losing that game by three points. So you know, one shot. And uh, I was like, I told Maddie, I was like, we need to chill. And I was, and I was like, <laughs> CJ, what, what, what was going? What was, what was? You know, he's like, too many people were yelling. He said that exact yep. quote. Too many people were yelling. I didn't know what you wanted to do. Mom's yelling. The coach is yelling. All the parents. You. I just didn't. I was like, all right, I will not yell anymore. I will not yell at you. Yep. I will not. I will not talk because it's not. It's not worth it unless I'm the coach of the team right. trying to give instructions on where to be. But you're right. No parents is. No parent is going to help the situation. No. Nope. Telling them to shoot it. Rebound, they all know that. Right. We really literally every every kid knows. Every coach is saying that every time the shot goes up. 
box out, go get the rebound, squeeze it, grab it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. All those things and just let 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 the coach coach and just be a span, fan and a spectator. So the rest of the season, we just sat there. I yeah. did help out in the in the practice. And then I just sat on my hands and I just listened to the parents. And yeah. it was wild. Now they won the championship, which was which was awesome. Yep. And he had a, he had a blast and they were down uh, with like they were down with like three minutes to play by five okay, and they end up coming back somehow and they, and they won, but uh, you know, it didn't. And, and I wasn't at the game. Actually, I was watching it on, on FaceTime okay. because it was the week before the season. So Giles and I just got out of town and, and before we can't go anywhere for the next five right. months. Um, so yeah, it was, it was fun, but you're right, man. The parents, we, everybody needs to chill. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think coaches too, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't, I, again, I always, I would say it starts with, it starts with us. Absolutely. Right. And, and if we're doing that, if we're, <laughs> you know, you know, sprint back, you know, or, or he's, you know, like the other day, like we had, we played this left-handed guard and this left-handed guard was good. Yeah. He was a good player. And, you know, but we made him look even better because we continue to let him go left. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Right. But it doesn't help to, to scream, you know, he's left-handed, you know, 15 times at, at one of our players. It just doesn't. Yeah. Right. And, and then, then they start to tune you out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I see coaches and, and they still think that like the Bobby Knight way. So rest in peace, Bobby Knight. It's right. Like, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, but the but but that day is kind of come and gone, sure. right? Um, and and it's and again, when you recognize that, immediately try, even if it's not in the game or in the moment, but at least at the end of the game, right, or before your next practice, recognize that and and remind yourself like these these kids are are doing their best, right? And if they're not, it's on you to to get them there or they shouldn't be playing. Right. But, but don't yell and scream because people, I mean, if someone yelled and screamed at you every day at Valley Christian, you're going to be miserable. Right. If my boss called and yelled and screamed at me every day, I'd quit. Right. And, and and so it's the same thing now with kids, right. Is, you know, but if someone, you know, tells you every day, Chris, you're doing a phenomenal job, right. I'm so proud of you. Right. Keep up the great work keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep doing what you're doing for sure. And, and probably even do it at a higher level. Cause you're like, man, I got, I got people behind me that want the best for me. Yeah. Right. And I think as coaches, you know, we get so caught up in that. Right. Like, but that's, but that's who we are, or at least in my opinion, that's what as coaches we should be. Yeah. So no, I agree. You talked about uh zone a little bit. And um, yeah. I've, I've, the, the thing that I love about coaches is there's no one way to do it. And there's so many right. different ways that you can do it and be successful with it. And, you know, prior to you, I was a sideline baseline coach because yep. that was what all my coaches taught. And then, you know, I come over to you and you're forced middle, but we would have, we would have debates and conversations about yep. why one way or the other, but all of it can work if mm-hmm. you, if you commit to the system and, and that's the same thing with the, with the players if they commit to how you want them to play, 
it will end up working if you stay consistent with it. And um, but I, I've come around on the zone thing, like you know, different matchup zones. I yep. think are critical because, first of all, people are drawing up some unbelievable sets now on yep. the on the on the offensive side of ball. The, uh, like there's just so much information out there, yep. whether it be flares or ghosts or uh, Spain pick and rolls or right. all this stuff. And now you actually just take that away right? because they're not going to be able to run all that stuff because you're basically passing it all off. I mean, you know, this this year we're almost exclusively matchup, mm-hmm. which uh, which works in our favor. One, because if we see a matchup, we know how to attack it and where we want to attack it and not just settle for an open three and try to get it into the gaps or short corner or high post in different ways other than just the normal way, three out, one one, right. at the, one at the nail, and then one going short corner to short corner. Now we're finding different ways to get playmakers into those spots. Yep. Um, but you've been a big proponent of, of zone over the years. Uh, what is your philosophy on that, and why do you think it is so successful for yeah. you? And you're, and you're switching them up. A lot. I mean, lot. it's not like you're, you're just <laughs> running a two-three zone. Right. You are switching and changing yep. all of these zones. Some of them look like man's. Some of them look like zones. But then, it, yeah, it's just yeah. It's a uh, so there's a couple of thought process behind it. Um, you know, yes, I we're definitely not a you know uh, we call it junior high zone, right? Go stand on the elbows. Go stand on the blocks. One guy in the middle. Put your hands up, right? So. We, we just, I look at it from this perspective and, and obviously at the college perspective and at the NBA perspective, it's different, but at a high school level, how many kids can actually shoot consistently at a high rate? Probably if we're talking about like in the CCS, I probably think yeah. there's 10% shooters that are like every game. Yeah. So on a team. So you, one kid on a, uh, one kid per team, maybe. one kid per team, right? Maybe against a really good team, you have two sure, or even or if, three. Or if you play Pinewood, then it's probably like five. Okay, well, there you go. All right. <laughs> but that, that is an outlier because right. there's other teams that have zero. Right. So if Pinewood has five, there's other there's other five teams that might have none. Exactly. And there's exactly. a lot of teams that have none. Right. And, and, and so the way we look at it is we're playing at percentages, right? So uh, at first I just liked it because I thought that it was a – it was an easier path to success, if I'm being honest, right? Teaching man is a constant process, yep. right? Whereas teaching zone, you can you can hide a guy. You know, we we've you and I coached some guys at Lee that we hid that were really good basketball players that scored very well for us, but they didn't play a lot of defense, right? Right? Um, you can rebound better out of that, and people always say, well. You know, oh well, you know, you don't you don't get your blockouts, right? Well, most teams, to your point, they go three or four out, one in, right? And most teams don't crash that well. They're not taught to crash well anymore. And so most teams will send one or two guys. And in the zone, most shots are threes or deep. And so you have five guys that should be rebounding versus two, right? So there's just a lot of different thought processes behind it, but and then how are you closing out to a shooter uh, on a wing? What is what is the um, teaching point on that? So um, so we we bump aggressively, right? So 
Um, the last thing we want to do, and again, a, a corner three is a tougher three than a wing three in high school, right? Um, and so we're going to now, we're, is, it, do you, is that what you think, or that's like based on fact? that's based on like what we've what we've seen from our analytics from teams that play us, mm -hmm. right? Teams put a guy in. The, first of all, they have guys shooters on the wings, right? They generally don't put shooters in the corners. Right. If they do, they're going to put one. Right. They're not going to put against us. They're not going to put shooters in both corners. And I'm not giving any secrets away here. So, sure. I mean, so, um, you know, but the way we look at it is, all right, if you're going to shoot from a higher clip from the wing, then we're going to then we're going to show out really hard from our from our bottom guys. OK, so for, we call those wings. Right. So our wings are going to show out really hard and then our guards are going to bump on their voice not on the, not on the, like the, the come together. Right. So, because as a shooter and you know, right. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Um, but as a, as a shooter, you know, that in a zone, the time when you're going to shoot it is when it's, it's ball on the catch. Ball reversal. It's on yeah. the ball reversal. It's on the catch, right. You're not going to, to rub it and you're not going to dribble it three times. You're not going to step back. It's normally going to be you're going to you're going to ball reversal catch and shoot, sure. right? So if our wings are aggressive, okay, and they're closeout, I mean, and we're talking aggressive, and and we're bumping on the voice, so there might be a time of separation between when my guy's going, when my wing is dropping down to where my guard is now bumping. Yep. But again, at that point, you've already made that decision. Either I'm going to shoot it, right? Which hopefully we've run you off, right? Or you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make one more. Yeah. Right. So it's just, again, just philosophy, you know, because teams aren't hurt. And plus two with the zone, you don't play a lot of teams that have great dominant bigs anymore. Yeah. You, you even see that in the NBA now, right? The bigs are out. They're not in. Right. So the way I look at it is, you know, if it's a two, three, if it's a one, two, two, or a three, two, if it's a one, three, one, you know, you're not you're not as 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 fearful of a big that the back in the day used to be right like you know, you know if they got the the ball to the big the short or the high post like they're gonna they're gonna kill you well bigs just are, are different now you know and so for us the zone allows us to morph based on where personnel is sure. right so like when I go in scout <laughs> I'm not looking at you know, is he, you know, yes, we're going to see, is he right hand? Is he left hand? You know, um, you know, what are all of their tendencies? It's a lot easier to scout for us too, you know, and not just for us, but for the kids. Okay. Is he a shooter? Right. Does he look to shoot? Right. You remember we used to play, have those great matchups with Piedmont Hills. Right. And they'd be a man team. We'd be a zone team. Shout out to Pete Zemos, but, by the way. Okay. Ironically, Pete switched and took your X. Yep. Yep. He took your one three one to beat us a couple of times. Yeah. Like yeah. he did. Yeah. But so it's uh it's you know, and, and Pete and I have had a lot of great conversations about that, right? But uh, it, you know, again, for us, we can morph it and scout it. So it's like, okay, if if Chris McSwain, you know, at Valley Christian, if he's a knockdown shooter, okay, then then we're gonna morph. Sure. Right. Um, and, and we're going to treat him differently. Right. If they have a weak ball handler. Right. Or maybe their point guard can't shoot it. Right. We're going to we're going to spread more. You know, so there's all different types of ways. And again, you can do those same things in man to man. But I think from an overall being able to scout it 
communicate it to the team. You know, we, we call it heels and toes. I know that sounds very like uh, simple, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, if he's a shooter, right? We're heels or nowadays we might even be double heel, right? And come two up, right? Or if he's a non-shooter, we're going to put our toes on the three point line and we're not going to come any further. Right. And then it also gives us a lot of opportunities to trap in a more comfortable way right. um, than in man to man. Cause we're experiencing that right now at Santa Teresa. We have, we have a, a sideline. Anytime the opposing team takes the ball out on the sideline, we call it X. Right. right? And we're going to trap whoever the, uh, taking the ball out. We're going to trap, um, you know, the guy guarding the inbounder. First pass, he's, he's going no matter where the ball is. Yep. But what we're finding is, is again, if not everybody's on the same page and one guy doesn't come off the, and you it know, it takes one, it just takes and one. Then you give up a layup. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas in the zone, if you have two guys up atop or a wing and a top guy that are trapping, you still have three guys that are doing hopefully their job, right? To keep you protected. Right. And again, it's not perfect. I mean, we've played some teams that have absolutely cut up our zone, right? And then we've had to make that adjustment, right? But we just feel as though just teaching the box principle, right? You remember that, uh, you probably remember that Lee, right? Where it's like you, you play four on five, yep. right? Guys are on a string, right? And, and just teaching that concept. We did it this morning. Did you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think it translates to whether it's man or zone. And there's multiple you know. ways you could do it. If you're even front zone, you can get the box principle, Yep. but you got to have pressure on the basketball when you're on it, but everybody else is kind of in the gap. Yep. And then you can also do it as a triangle. So if you are more of a odd front zone, you can put somebody at the top and they're kind of, you know, getting the top areas. Then you got the wings, but people are shifting and rotating there's a lot of good things that you can do out of it and we play out of that a lot and then you have to figure a way out against that too so we play against it a lot just because all right if we're more talented than the team we already know what they're going to do they're going to play zone and if the team is more talented than us they probably are just going to use their athletes and and probably pressure and play a lot of man and stuff like that or if they do play zone fine you know hopefully you'd be prepared for it, but sometimes they're, you're just outmatched. But if we are outmatching the other team, they're just going to zone. That's it. And that's, yeah. and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's how what we've seen over the years anyway. And uh, yeah. So I want to ask you, um, who are some of your, we talked about Simos. We know he's, he, you know, he's been coached on a long time, but yep. he's one of the better coaches to, to do it in the section in the public school realm. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of our coaches in our league get a lot of acumen, uh, the private school leagues too, <laughs> because we have the best players. Let's just be honest. We have yep, the best for players sure. on the men's side and the women's side. Yep. We have the best players. So we, in in our class, okay, the best coaches are usually the best teams. And if the best teams, right. you know, have the best coaches. So who are some of the yeah. best coaches on the public school Circ uh, level, yeah. Because I don't know if they get a lot of the credit that they do deserve for doing it the way they do it with the kids that they get locally. That's a great question, including yourself, of course. <laughs> um, again, you know, uh, Pete Simos would would absolutely be uh, far and away the number one coach that I've ever coached against. And again, this is not disrespecting anybody else, um, you know, private or public, right? It's just Pete's preparation. So prepared. Um, like, and and, and I'll, I'll tell a funny quick aside. So Pete and I at first were competitors, 
Yeah. Right. I know you guys uh, didn't like each other. At there first. was there was not a lot of love lost. Yeah. Right. Um, and what turned the corner though? Before you tell the story. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific thing that did. I I think there was a there was an issue that we had with a kid that transferred and um and I had heard some things that Pete had said to, to CCS and there there was just some like just some kind of murkiness some rumors and and instead of coming at Pete, you know, in a, you know, in, in an aggressive manner, you know, I, I sat down with Pete and, and, and we talked about it as men and, you know, and, and, it, and I think that the, it, during that conversation and subsequent conversations after that, we realized there was a tremendous amount of respect for each other, right? He and I do it in a very different way, way different, right? but, but at the end of the day, our, our results were very similar and, um, and, and, and I had an opportunity to coach some of his kids and interact with some of his boys and they were always incredibly respectful, you know, good young men, right. you know? Um, and so, uh, I, I think over time, I think it was just the, the fact that we recognize that we're, we're both doing this for the same reasons. Yep. And, uh, and, and again, there was a tremendous amount of respect and, uh, you know, Pete is, is, is a very good friend and, um, you know, and I've always said like, you know, that's the one guy, like, I don't care who he has, who I have, like we're, we're, we're staying up late, you know, and we're figuring out a way to, you know, to try to beat each other. Right. Um, but one, one quick funny story is, so Pete, uh, Pete would, you know, as, as we became closer and closer friends, you know, we'd be playing each other and, and Pete would call me on say a, a Friday morning. And I, I'd say, Pete, I, I was like, Pete, I, you know, what do you want to know? Right. We're going to play zone. We're going to trap. We're going to run. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. Right. And I said, let's always remember, you know, that we have five high school kids that are going to line up for us and five high school kids that are going to line up for you. And we have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Maybe that kid has a girlfriend breakup. Right. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, cause Pete's so serious. And, and I think right. over time, our friendship, you know, is like, he got it. Like we have, we're, we're coaching high school boys and who knows what's going to happen. But, at the end of the day, he knew what we were going to do, and I knew what they were going to do. And 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 again, those were those were super fun games. So, getting back to your question, you know, uh, Pete, um, I, I think I think Kevin Mack, who's a good friend, um, I think he does an excellent job at Mountain View, uh, and and not just on a year like like a year in and year out consistent program building basis. I think he does a very good job you know what you're going to get when you play Mountain View. And, and I think that that's one of the hardest things about being a public school coach is you just never know year in and year out in regards to talent, right? right? You, you might have a great class and then maybe you lose a couple to the privates or, you know, whatever happens. But, but I think Kevin Mack really does a good job in uh, building a program uh, that's sustainable. His kids play their asses off. Um, they, and they run their stuff. You know, defensively, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get tough and hard nosed. Yep. Um, another guy that, uh, and I've told him this. I, I think Nick Ward and Steve Ciandel at Los Gatos. Um, I, I, I've seen a tremendous amount of growth from Nick as Nick came back. Um, you know, I think Nick does a very good job. Right. Um, you know, and again, you know what you're going to get when you play Los Gatos. They're going to be tough. They're going to be gritty. Um, and, and you know, and and so, and then also a guy who. Uh, has jumped around a little bit. 
Um, you know, uh, but but everywhere he's gone, um, he's a guy that it's like, nah, really like I like I, I like coaching against him, but it's it you know it's always going to be tough because he's going to be constantly evolving during the game and figuring out how to how to win. And uh, and that's Adam Sachs. Um, and Adam's down to Christopher now. Yep. Uh, played for a CCS championship last year. Right. Um, lost to my guy Mike Motil. You know, I got to give a shout out to Mike. But um, you know, I, I think I think from a public school perspective, and then and then as I look over, uh, I've got some really good friends over the hill uh, in Santa Cruz. Um, I, I think uh, Lawan uh, Millhouse over at Santa Cruz. Uh, year in and year out, they get talent. Um, they, they always figure out a way. Lawan will call me like most coaches, you know, all oh, my kids, you know, I can't get them to do the, you know, if you've ever met Lawan, you'll know what I'm talking about, but I can't get my kids to do it. You know? And, and then Lawan, you guys are going to be fine. He's the you one know? that used to coach JV for them, right? Back yeah. In the day? Big guy, big dude, big, big like guy. Rick Ross. Okay. Yeah. So I coached yeah. against him back yeah. in the day too. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's a good coach. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, I mean, I think they do it twofold, right? They, uh, they execute well. Um, they get, and they also get good athletes, right. To come out. And, and I think the other guy that doesn't get a lot of credit, um, is, uh, is Brian Boyer and his staff at Aptos high school. Um, you know, year in and year out, uh, you know, you don't think Aptos, you think Aptos, if anything, they're a football school. Okay. But year in and year out, Aptos is right. always in the mix. Um, and, uh, um, and, and I think Brian and his staff, uh, do a very good job. I mean, we've, we, we opened with them when I was at Saratoga, we played Aptos every year in the sportsmanship game. And I mean, uh, the last year I was at Saratoga, I mean, we absolutely just, just kicked their ass. And, and then, and then Aptos goes on and, uh, I believe was a, was a shot away from going to, uh, they might've even been in the finals. Um, you know, so, uh, just the progression of, um, you know, uh, the ability to, to build, you know, your team over the year. Um, I think Brian does a good job. And then I'll give one more guy um, up on the peninsula and he's had a great run. I've only coached against him once. Um, but, uh, and again, they, they have a lot of talent, but Jeff Dowd at Burlingame um, does a very good job with his guys. And, uh, and they've had a lot of success. Yeah. And so, you know, being a public school coach, even though you, you get a group that has talent, you still have to be able to coach, right? Uh, you know, you just have to, you, because, and you and I have talked about this before when the year that we had one of our best teams at Lee, we were 24 and four going into CCS semifinal game playing Motil and St. Francis. And, and, and we had, we had 12 guys on our team that year. And we had 12 guys that went to union middle school. Right. Motil had 12 guys, right. And he had, 11 or 12 kids and, and 11 of those 12 went to different middle schools. Right. And so, you know, so from a public school perspective, you've got it. If you have talent, that's the first step, but to be able to compete at that highest level, you also really need to be able to coach. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, a, <clears throat> sorry if I missed anybody, yeah. but I mean, those are, those are kind of, you know, that's, no, we all, know. we always miss somebody. We yeah. could always, Revise and edit later. Yeah. But there's, there's, <laughs> there's going to be some coaches that I'm going to be on their whiteboard now. Like, for sure. Yeah. But any coaches out here that is listening and you do it, like it's a, uh, we appreciate it because it's for the kids. It's not for us. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, 
it's the reason why we're, we're basketball brought us together. And, yeah. you know, 24 years later, we're still, we're, we're still, you know, friends yeah. and, um, and colleagues and all that. And we'll bounce, bounce a lot of stuff off each other and stuff like that. And we're all in the same boat. <laughs> well, not in the same boat. We're in the same ocean, different boats. Yep. As we talked about like the private versus the public thing. Yeah. Is there, is there anything that you think should be done with private versus publics? I mean, they've got the open division for a reason and yeah. now, but back when you were playing, you would have been in the open division anyway with, with the teams that you had at least specifically. So I don't know if there was anything that could have been done, but you wouldn't have to go. Well, yeah, it would have been the same thing because when you're in D2, it was MIDI in D2. It was St. Francis in D2. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Who SI was in D2 for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, is there anything that can be done or is just like, this just is what it is. And you know, there's uh, not going to be, but there has been more public schools now since the uh, invention of the open division. I think the open division started when I left you yes. in 2013. 13. So this yep. is, you know, this and we is, played in the open division. We were one of the first public schools to ever play in the open division in 14. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm in a, I'm in a couple of things. I'm not a fan of the competitive equity at the, at the state level. Um, I just don't like that. Call me old school, but it's like, if you're division one, like be division one, right. right? If you're division two and I get it and we want more kids to have an opportunity to play at that level. Um, you know, but like I said, I just come from an old school, but from public and private, <clears throat> Well, I do have a comment on that yeah. because it's not, it's just like the BCS stuff with the football, right? Right. The, all right, we know who the best eight teams would be to go to an open division. So that's pretty clear. Sometimes they go seven and then sometimes they go six and right. then, and then one and two get a buy. Right. So it's not, it's not the same every single year. And then you, how, how do you value like a team that we beat, uh, a team that we beat, gets a higher seed right. than us or a team that we lost to gets a lower seed than us or like that's the thing that and we don't know who's on the committee you know do they use max preps uh, right. ratings and all that and that's like the biggest thing like uh, in 22 and you know we went 21 and seven and you know we have to go on the road to bishop o'dowd who's a very good team yeah but if you look at the people that we of the at that time when we had six losses, three of them were to MIDI, and two of the games were you know a two possession game, right? So, when you look at three losses, the only other times that we lost, we lost three other games, like that has to mean something. Right. And so, so, one but, of the best teams in the state, exactly, or nationally every year, who went on right. to go to the open final that yeah. year, but uh, you know, but Bishop O'Dad beat us that day and they were better. They were just better on right. that day, and um, but yeah, those are my those are my issues with it. It's like I I do believe that all right, well maybe we just go back to the division divisions after after the sections. I, I liked it, you know, because and is it, now you're on the same playing field as far as size, and you know, and and again, I mean, for someone who's constantly trying to look ahead, right? I mean, Simos and I would talk about this a lot. It's like as our teams progress through the season, then you don't know you who know, you're going to play. You don't, you have no idea. Right. Versus like, okay, well, Sheldon looks really good, you know, or, uh, consumers Oaks looks really good in division two, right? Like grant high school, you know, and then, and, and, and you start like, 
you know, you start getting film on those teams. I mean, you know, and, and nowadays it's like, you know, well, the, if you, you could be either a one seed or you could be a 16th seed, you know, and, you know, and what's the difference between the two, right? You're a 16 seed and, and now you've got to play a team that is, is from a high school. That's probably a lot bigger, you know, it happened to us too. Yeah. We were 16 and we had to go play Salesian up there. That was like, I mean, and if we go one more down, right? Teams that we beat were ended up going up to the state championship that year. But it is what it is. Like it, mean, it is, and we're not going to change it. I don't yeah. think you know. Um, but as far as public private goes, um, you know that that's such a tough one, right? Is you know the the the, the private schools continue to get the best talent, you know, and um, you know, and again, there's there's some very talented players at public schools. Right. But for the most part. Right. And especially from a depth perspective. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, six through 12 is going to be better at a private school. Right. Uh, you know, 99 percent of the time, right. you know, so, um, you know, and asking a public school, you know, to compete against a private school. And, and I, I'll and again, I'll say it like there is there is absolutely no doubt and there never has been. You know, and, and I have a lot of private school coaches that are my friends. I mean, you, private schools recruit, right, um, at some level, right, whether it's via their AAU team, right, or, you know, or financially, right. There's, there's, there's ways that private schools can get kids in if they want them to come and play, sure. right. And, you know, now I would say it'd be a lot different, right, is if at Santa Teresa, if I could recruit kids, from Blossom Valley and South San Jose, now the playing field becomes a little bit more equal, right? right. But but the, the challenging part is right now is, is again, I mean, is there a public school that can compete with a MIDI, right? On either the girls or boys side. Um, you know, when you look around and say, okay, well, that was the best kid uh, in junior high, or that might even have been the best kid at like Gavin Ritt plays at uh, plays at, at MIDI right now, right? He's from Los Gatos. And he, he went to Los Gatos, right? And it's like he would be by far and away, he would have been Los Gatos' the best player last year, probably. Sure. You know, and 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 he's one of a very good team that MIDI has, right? So, you know, and again, it's not to knock anybody. I'm not calling anybody out, right? right? But at the end of the day, those programs were were built and and continue to be built on, you know, the whether you call it recruiting or attraction, you know, we call it attraction in my business, right? So that's what we would call it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know, but again, it's, it's, it's a point now where, you know, it's not going to change. Right. But, but how do you make it to where a team, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a Lee high school or a Piedmont Hills that was incredibly talented. Right. Um, And then, and then has that daunting task, of the only way that they're going to win a CCS championship. I mean, Bellarmine last year, right. Didn't make it to the open. Right. So now all of the public schools in division one, and there were some very good ones at some point knew that they were going to run into a private school that was going to be incredibly daunting. Right. Right. And, and even though they say, Oh, well, a Bellarmine's down, right. Well, a down Bellarmine is still, uh, you know, talented right. and deeper than most public. No, I agree know, with so. you. I mean, the two CCS championships that we won, we quote unquote had down years because <laughs> right. we didn't, we didn't uh, do well in league, but our league is just 
uh, unbelievably it's a difficult. It it's is. a gauntlet. And yeah. if you're if if you know you're a couple injuries away from losing all the games in league, you're uh, you know uh, uh, illness away from like you know, it's just it's just crazy when you get to our league how difficult it is. But in those two years, outside of last year, last year was a different circumstance because my father-in-law died right before our semifinal game. And that was probably a lot for the kids uh, to deal with. And so, you know, you chalk that up. But those other games, uh, you know, we had a 20-point plus win my first year in CCS championship. And then we were winning the majority of the game up double digits. We ended up winning by seven. Because we had to switch venues, we were at Independence, <laughs> and then the lights went off. Yep. So I'm thinking about the Niners Ravens Super Bowl <laughs> that year, and then we go over to Piedmont Hills. Yep. I don't know if I've told this before, but um, I know that was back when Simos was still coaching, and I know his home rim. Yep. But they wanted us on the left side of the scoreboard, and I know that. Uh, on the right side is where smart, they're smart. Home. Yep. So like, I get there first. <laughs> I got the Piedmont Heroes first, and then the CCS commissioner flying comes over there. Oh, I was flying. It was, rain, it was pouring. <laughs> I remember. And I remember then, that uh, day. And then, uh, so I'm sitting on the bench. I just get there and I just sit there first <laughs> while they're trying to put that. Put, and they're like, Coach, you got to go to the other side. And I almost lost it. Uh, uh, Rilini and uh, Scherenberg were, were like, Chris, you got to give it up. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I know this ram. Yeah. And sure enough, we're up 14 at the half. Yeah. And then they came back. <laughs> and we never I don't think we ever were trailing in the game, but uh yeah, it was it was yeah, it was one of those mad McSwain moments where I look back and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But uh yeah, yeah. we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> so we're yeah. wrapping it up. Is there anything else that uh we've been going for hour twenty-four? I think we could do this pretty much oh, for yeah, the next all day. seven hours. But I gotta go, I gotta go win a game tonight. We yeah, the, the early game. Oh, you got tonight. Yeah, so we have uh, we have Westmont okay. uh, at the Las Gas tournament. Okay. And uh, oh, this so we, is a good tournament. This, this is a very good tournament. tournament. Yeah, this is uh this is one of the best fields that I've seen this tournament have. Uh, on the other side of us is uh, Branham, um, who's good this year. Christopher's in it too. Right? Uh, Christopher's in it. Uh, so Branham Kings Academy play after us tonight. Oh, that's um, Kings is good too. Kings is good too. Um, and then uh, and then on the other side, Las Gatas last night beat Christopher. Um, and then uh, Menlo beat Lee. So they beat Chris. What was the score? Uh, beat him oh. by uh, beat him by about sixteen. Got it. So last guy was playing well okay. um, from what it looks like. So um, so yeah. So we've got a we've got a we've got a good one tonight. You know, and everyone right now is all all these games are good. You know, um, I always look at kind of Las Gatas tournament as a uh, as an opportunity to you know where uh, um, you know my kids probably would be mad if I said boys, but this is kind of where you know, boys start to become men, sure. you know, um, in this, but, you know, for me, the last thing I want to leave with is, um, you know, and I, I, I say this every time to you, but, um, I I'm incredibly proud of who you are, um, of everything that you do, um, for the basketball community. Um, and more importantly for who you, who you are for your wife, uh, for your kids. Um, it, it just makes me incredibly proud to think that, you know, I, I knew you as a 16 year old flexing the, the muscles and, you know, still, still flexing. Yeah, still flexing. <laughs> um, but it, it just makes me incredibly proud to, uh, uh, to, to consider you a, a, a friend. 
um, and uh, um, and someone that that I look up to. No, um, so I, uh, well, I don't want to get emotional here, but thank you so much. Uh, you were a big mentor to me when you coached me. Uh, you were a big mentor, and one of the reasons why I run the program the way I do. I learned so much watching you uh, for those three years interact with your staff. You treated us, you know, exceptionally well. You never held us back. You gave us confidence. You told me I was going to be a varsity coach. You told me that we were going to win CCS when I called you the first time. You know, you, you gave me so much confidence in the same thing you do with your players. I just appreciate it. Completely indebted to you. And I'll just continue to repay that to 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 the people that come into my life and that's what this is all about and uh yeah so thank you for listening oh who should be on who should be on the show in studio but you got to make the connection to get him here oh that's a good question let's see who should you get because um, the studio ones are way better you, oh this is awesome this is way better this is awesome this is uh yeah the episode two i was sitting that was was it during covid it was during it was COVID, during covid yeah. because was, i was working from home and we were doing this you had, like you had the beats. Uh, I had the beats. <laughs> we couldn't get them figured out. Now we got a whole setup. Oh, this, is, now. this is dialed in now. This is this is pro style. Um, you know what? Let me let me uh, shoot. I'm trying to think of who would be a good one. Have you had Danny or Chicago on? Yosh, I need Yosh. Yosh, I need Yosh. Okay, so, I think Yosh would be a good one. Yosh is uh. So I'll, you text Yosh, and I'll tell right. Colin to text Yosh because I don't know him personally, but I do have heard a lot about him and uh followed his career and stuff like that so yeah i think he'd be a he'd be a great one um you know building something kind of rebuilding and the reason why i thought of yosh the other one would be bob burton um, bob's been on has he been on like okay that's what i thought okay but right. i might have to have him come sit down here too you know i i still see bob as a, as a matter of fact i saw uh bob at a, at a stanford game um not too long ago bob and jeff dowd from burlingame yep. um you know and uh you know, Bob, you want to talk about a tree, you know, of coaches and players and, you know, guys who love Coach the game. Kawhi Leonard. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he'd be a great one to bring back, but, but Danny really, um, I think Danny would be a great one. And then Andy Newman, mm -hmm. um, you know, is another one of Burton's and, and I saw, uh, Andy's Andy. at UCLA. No, he's at Northridge okay, as a head right, coach. Yeah. That's Colin's buddy too. Colin yes. knows everybody. Yeah. So I used to play against those guys in City League, mm. Yosh and Newman and Colin. They had a good team. There was probably a few technicals being thrown. Uh, there, 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 <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of lot of lot of talk. Let's just say that. So um, but uh uh those I think you know, I was really impressed. I saw Northridge, that's when I saw Burton. I saw Northridge play Stanford. Um, oh, and, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the other guy that I think would be a phenomenal get, um, twofold, uh, Jared Haas uh, at Stanford. Yep. Um, you want to talk about an exceptional man? Um, you know, I, I know, I know his teams. You know, I, you know, I, I read just like anybody else. You know, oh, Jared Haas is on the hot seat at Stanford. He hasn't. You know, you want to talk about a guy that uh, is, in my opinion, the perfect fit at Stanford. Uh, because he cares about, you know, about young men and, and he's a leader, um, you know, and again, you're not going to get, you know, UCLA or USC or Oregon talent at Stanford. You're just not, right. you know, um, he'd be a great one. And then I'll give you one more. Uh, Dude, David, you're you're going to have to get to work here on this. Man, I got, I got you though. <laughs> I got you. You know, uh, David Birkin uh, is, is a guy um, I was introduced to uh, by Adam Cohen. If you remember Adam Cohen. He was the Dobo at Stanford. He was, uh, Adam was, uh, 
Adam was the, uh, the compliance kind of director of ops guy at USC oh, that's when right. we yeah, first yeah, went down there, yeah, yeah. young guy, yep. grad student. And, and I'm, I'm, and Adam went all over the country, right. Coaching. He was, he was at USC and he was at Rice and he was at Harvard and Vanderbilt. And then he came out to Stanford and now he's on Sean Miller's staff at Xavier. Mm. And and he'd be a great one. And I'm happy to. to I mean, I don't to, know if the Beyond the Buckets budget can fly him out here, but we could do no, it. No, no, you could do it. You could do that one. <laughs> but uh, but David Birkin, um, I was introduced to David via Adam. And David Birkin is now an assistant coach. David kind of came up same way, player development coach at Stanford. Um, you know, and, and 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 David's doing it the right way. Um, and, and you want to talk about a guy, great energy, ton of positivity. Uh, he'd be a great one. He's actually, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, he's, he's, he's one of those young guys that if he sticks with it, you're going to see him on a sideline somewhere. Um, I've gone to Stanford's practice. I've been to many Stanford practice and, uh, you know, the, the confidence, uh, the way, you know, the way he assists. Um, so he'd be a great one. So cool. Yeah. I'll, well, you I'll, heard I'll it first. I got you guys. PJ you. is yep. going to get like the best talent ever for right. the Beyond the Bucket. <laughs> I'll have to uh, give him an attraction. Uh. No, no, no. We're all good. <laughs> we're all, we're well, all good. Well, you know what else is really good? This outro. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Buckets podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share the show with your friends. And until next time, take care.